0: We have focused on a lot of professional teams in the South that are considered small markets, but now it is time to focus on college sports. How will UAB handle the sudden departure of Bill Clark? How will Tennessee look in year two under Josh Hoople? And let's check in on Kirby Smart after Nick Saban flipped more players from the state of Georgia to come and commit to the University of Alabama. It's time to dive into college football on this week's episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go, don't wait, this night's almost over, on it, let's make this night last for What is going on everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take, as always I am your host Jacob Solomon at Jake's Take Podcast at jake 14 and some exciting news, we are now on a network, that's right, we are now on the Variety Sports Network, I am so excited to be part of this network, please be sure to check them out on Twitter at Variety Sports. And also on Instagram, at Variety Sports. I'll also link some more information throughout the show and throughout different graphics. But I'm super excited for that. But yeah, you know, let's get to it. Like I said, you know, we've been waiting for the college football to come up. The past few episodes have been more focused on meaningful pioneers and activists throughout the sports world. And really what they mean throughout all forms of sports, and I wanted to take some time to focus on that, but now it's good to be able to kind of look forward into some other situations. Obviously, we're known for small market teams in the South, but how about that in regards to college football or other sports? Well, I think that's really one of the great things to go into this regards. Now, with football season quickly approaching, it is time to direct our attention to my favorite time of year. College football. That is right. I love college football. Obviously, I went to the University of Alabama, so I spent all my time watching games. I was at some really amazing games throughout my times there. And being a Southern based podcast, it's important to focus on the things that help us stand out. And college football is one of those things. You know, you think about how the most recent champions have been from the South, and then really the culture for football is so much different in the South than it is really anywhere else so obviously there's so many places that we can start there's so many starting points but we have to start with our standard Jake's take form of where to begin where to begin where to begin so we just had our SEC based episode and obviously we covered the SEC a little bit there so let's talk about a school that's not in the SEC but a school that is pretty close by The University of Alabama, Birmingham. You thought I was going to talk about Alabama. And that was the joke. No, we're going to talk about UAB. You know, what does UAB have to offer? And really, they've been a pretty strong football team for the past few years. So UAB, you know, what do we know about UAB? What can we say about UAB? And really, are they a well-known football school? Well, actually, at first, not really. You know, you think about UAB, and UAB stands for University of Alabama Birmingham. Originally, it started out as a medical college through the University of Alabama system, and then slowly over time, it broke off and started doing its own thing. Now, it's crazy because what a lot of people don't know about UAB is that they actually had their first year in 1991, but then they were gone for a little bit. They were terminated in 2014. Now that was crazy. I remember seeing that happen and just thinking, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? Fortunately, it was able to be reinstated and then they came back in 2017. And ever since 2017, they've been a really, good team you know you look at that and they were in the conference championship for conference usa in 2018 they had a record of 11-3 in 2020 a record of six and three and then they've you know won the division in 2018 and 2020 and they've also gotten to bowl games from 2017 through 2021 and they won the 2018 bowl game and they won the independence bowl in 2021 That's pretty remarkable, and that's pretty amazing. And the man behind all of that has been Bill Clark. And that's what's so exciting. But at the same time, it is a little crazy thing because Bill Clark just stepped down. And that was big news for not only UAB football, but also just people who are big into football. Now, I know some people might say, well, really, what's that mean? Why is it important? It's, you know, just... UAB football. Well, here's the thing too is that UAB is currently in Conference USA, but they're moving to another location. That's right, they're moving to a new conference, and very soon that's going to be a very big deal because Conference USA isn't the most well known. It's kind of like the Sun Belt, but they're moving to the AAC. Like it was reported in 2021. That it would be Charlotte, Florida, Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, Texas, San Antonio, and UAB. And they're going to compete against East Carolina, Memphis, Navy, South Florida, SMU, Temple, Tulane, Tulsa, and Wichita State. This is huge. This is a big deal. Because you're going from a small conference to a relatively more well-known conference. Now, I know it's not the most exciting because it's on BSEC. Not the Big 12, it's not, you know, the ACC, but still, a conference realignment is huge. Obviously, playing in the state of Alabama is going to be very hard because you have Alabama and Auburn, and UAB has University of Alabama in its name, but it's not trying to compete with Alabama, it's trying to just do its own thing. So, all in all, I'm excited because UAB has been, you know, doing really well, but the big question now. Is what does Bill Clark's departure mean? Now, he stepped down because he had been having some health trouble and he wanted to spend more time with his family. I respect that. I understand that. And he selected people to lead the team who have been there for a while. He selected Brian Benson. That's huge. But it's also something where we have to see what does this mean? Could it be something really good? Could it be helpful? I think with this, it'll be fine. You've got a great team coming back. But right now we just have to see UAB has a chance to be a good football team and they have all this momentum. So get excited because things are going to be great. Now, in regards to UAB, something that we can also touch on is, are they going to try and steal fans from Alabama? Actually, no, because like I said, they are originally, they were intended to be a part of the Alabama system, but because of... And, you know, there's nothing really to worry about. I do want to point out, though, that they are actually going to play LSU in 2022. So that's going to be very exciting. I mean, last year they played Georgia. And I know that some people are going to look at them as a cupcake game. And I know that that's going to be the case. But it's a way for exposure. And I think that's what's big in regards to looking at these future opponents. Obviously, they've come a long way. They started out as a team that was independent and they were in division three for from 91 to 92 division one double a from 93 to 95 division one a 96 to 98 and then they get into conference usa and now they're moving up to aac so this is all very huge and you also have to remember they were also you know told that hey we don't have enough money in the budget so we're going to get rid of this team which was kind of Crazy. And then after all the support from people in the public opinion and fundraising, they were able to bring it back. That shows that even though they're not as dynamic as a football powerhouse like Alabama, they still have a lot of support from the city of Birmingham and from people in the state of Alabama. Now, the next team I want to focus on is Tennessee. That's right, the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, in regards to Tennessee, they haven't had the most exciting football program in a while. They've been pretty up and down. You know, they had Butch Jones, and he was an interesting hire. He had some good plays in him, and he had some good seasons. Then, ultimately, they move away from him. They go to Jeremy Pruitt, and Jeremy Pruitt has that up and down tenure and then there's all these allegations and things that are being brought up in regards to recruiting and just a lot of crazy things and then they go out and they hire Josh Hoople who is originally the coach from UCF and he was you know a team that ranked in the top 10 in points per game in his three seasons there so it was one of those things where They weren't trying to make a splash, but he did end up becoming a pretty good hire. He's a younger coach. He has been coaching for quite some time, but he also worked his way up. Now, I think in regards to Josh Hoople, he is an exciting coach, and it also is important because he's taking over a Tennessee team that is still trying to figure things out. Now, here's the thing that was very tough. In 2021, they lost a lot of people from into the transfer portal. That was crazy. You know, they're losing their quarterback. They lost their running back. And so they're bringing in different people and it works. And it's so crazy because many people were counting them out, including, you know, yours truly. But a big part of it too is that it prepared this team for a more standard route. Now, obviously in... 2022, they're going to be led by a second year head coach. But now I think the important thing here is that they can compete in the East. The East is going to be very, very competitive because obviously you have Georgia, you have Florida, you have Kentucky, you have South Carolina, and you have Tennessee. Now, it used to be something very standard and it would be a Georgia Cakewalk or a Florida Cakewalk. I don't think that's the case this year. Now, Obviously, Joshua is going to still have some growing pains as a coach because all coaches do. It's not something where Nick Saban doesn't have any growing pains. I mean, he does. Every coach does. But I think with this, I can see Tennessee competing in regards to Georgia and Florida. There are some people who are even saying that Tennessee might upset Georgia. Heck, they've done it before. They've done it with Florida before. So I could see that Tennessee actually having a pretty strong year and having some close games. Now, here's another thing too. They had a very strong game against Alabama. Yes, I know it was crazy because I really thought it was going to be blah, but it wasn't. But if that means anything, it could also show what Tennessee is willing to do this upcoming season. In 2015, I was at the Alabama-Tennessee game. And in that game, it was wire to wire and players from Tennessee like Alvin Kamara were torching this defense. And then Derrick Henry and Jacob Coker put together a drive and the rest is history. I could see something like that happening in games for Tennessee against maybe Georgia or maybe Florida. I could see things like that. Now, in this case, we'll just have to wait and see. But the hype is there. The excitement is there. And Josh Hoople... Has a quarterback coming back. He has Hendon Hooker coming back. So having someone come back and be in your system for another year, that definitely means a lot. So I think the excitement is there, and I'm really intrigued to see what Tennessee can do, because I know that they've been waiting a long time to have a coach that they're excited about. In regards to Tennessee, they actually do have what it takes to be an exciting team. And because thinking about that in this regard, with Tennessee football, they haven't had the best luck in quite some time. Looking back at it, you know, they've had a bunch of great head coaches, but they also have been known for having some pretty bad coaches. So let's take an example right now. So obviously one of the first coaches that people will think of is Philip Former. And if you're an Alabama fan, you know Philip Former from that iconic video of about that Alabama student who does not like Tennessee, but after you get past Philip Fulmer, then it kind of gets pretty interesting. You have Lane Kiffin. Lane was a one and done. Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley was fired. Jim Chaney, Butch Jones, and then Brady Hoke was the interim there. Jeremy Pruitt. Now you've got Josh Hoople. So with this, it hasn't been really the best track record because in this regard, there's a lot of controversy here. Lane was brought in. He had a 7-6 record. And then he ultimately left so he could go to USC. Ultimately fired there and guess where he ends up. At Alabama. Then you bring in Derek Dooley. And Derek Dooley was never really the best head coach. I feel like he was a, t- a coach who kind of always struggled, and it was an interesting case. He's one of those, as it sounds, assistants from the Nick Saban tree that doesn't really work out. You bring in Butch Jones, comes off to a hot start, kind of cools down a little bit, and there was also that whole situation with Jalen Hurd and wanting to play wide receiver, but that's obviously a different and Then you bring in Jeremy Pruitt, and that was the biggest one Really, right now is Jeremy Pruitt of what was going to happen there. So, obviously, there's the scandal of Jeremy Pruitt while he was at Tennessee, which is providing, you know, $60,000 of benefits and recruiting adjustments to two dozen recruits and their families during his three year head coaching gig. That's pretty scary to think because I look at that and think, wow, you know, Jeremy Pruitt was the Alabama defensive coordinator and someone that. I was very, you know, appreciative of. But there's also things where he wasn't good for the culture. And I think also too with Tennessee is that there's just a lot of expectation. I mean, you have coaches like Philip Former before, Johnny Majors, Robert Nealon, Bowden Wyatt, Doug Dickey, and even Bill Battle. That's actually pretty cool to know that Bill Battle was coached there. He was very soon Alabama's athletic director. But I think in this regard it's something where it has a lot of intensity. You think that being an Alabama head coach has a lot of intensity. I feel like Tennessee has a lot more because in this regard, they haven't had a lot that's gone their way in a very long time. You think about how really they've gone to bowl games, which is great. But looking at this, you know, you had a 2009-2010 Bowl game, that's great. You didn't have one in 2011, 2012, or 2013. And then from 2016, that was your last bowl game before you didn't have one in 17, 18. Then you have one in 19, then you have one in 21. So I feel like with Tennessee, there's just a lot on people's minds. But in this regard, I really look at it as they can do – Really, anything, but the SEC is a pretty competitive league, and I mean, that's why the SEC is home to more of the most recent national champions. And on the topic of the SEC, we are now going to shift into another focus, and that is going to be drumroll, please, about Alabama. That's right, I know I can't go an episode without talking about the University of Alabama. I will not apologize because that is just who I am and it works out that way. Now, one of the things that many people were discussing was that Alabama had lost a step when it came to recruiting. And, of course, I was thinking to myself, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Why are people trying to count that out? And you look at it now, and obviously people are wrong, and they're trying to eat their words because Nick Saban has not slown down. Now, one of the biggest things that he has done is not only already secured 18 hard commits for the 2023 recruiting class but it's headlined by caleb downs who is the number one player in the state of georgia that's right in georgia and then he also has the number two player in georgia with justice haynes who's a running back and then you scroll down and then you get the number four player from georgia quarterback Dylan Loner gone, and as you keep going down, you see a very diverse group of players who have committed to the University of Alabama. So whoever said that Nick Saban has lost a step, well, I guess they're very off. And obviously, you know, part of that too has to do with the recruiting pitch that Pete. No, I can't say. I'm sorry. Well, Pete Golding can do a great recruiting pitch, but right now we need to make sure that as Alabama still hold Pete Golding accountable because we hold that defense to a high expectation. So to Andrew Wiggins, I will give Pete Golding respect when it is earned. So right now I'm excited that you've been able to be a great recruiter, but now we need to go and think other things through. Now the next question, what does this mean for Kirby smart that Alabama has gone in and taken the top, player from the state of georgia the number two player from the state of georgia and the number four player from the state of georgia well i don't want to say that he should be nervous but i feel like right now the all talk period is done i think in this obviously we know that georgia's coming off of an sec championship appearance and then they won the national championship That is great and, you know, very exciting. But right now, there are certain things that needs to be done. One of the things that many people were saying in regards to Georgia is that they were trying to mirror as much of Alabama as possible. Now, can that work? Well, yes, it can work. But also, you have to see that not everything is going to be exactly the same. Now, taking a look at Georgia's hard commits – they are headlined by AJ Harris. He is from Alabama and he's the number seven player in the state of Alabama. That's great. But you scroll down right now and you don't have your first Georgia player until you get to Bo Huey. And he's the number six player in the state. Then you have CJ Allen, the number nine player in the state. Gabriel Harris, the number 10. And then, as you keep going, you get to Kelton Smith, the number 20, and Lucky, the number 23, Seven Cloud, the number 54, and that's it. Now, obviously, it's still very early, but one of the biggest things that needs to be assessed here is that there are players in the state of Georgia that people are going to be focusing on. And now it really comes down to, are these players going to give Georgia a shot? Now, obviously, I think they should, but it also comes down to a lot of different things too. Now, one of the things that goes into recruiting is playing time. People want to be able to play right away. Players want to have that opportunity. At Alabama, Nick Saban went from originally not playing someone as a freshman to if you are good, if you are mature, and if you are ready, you're going to play as a freshman. Just ask Dallas Turner. Just ask Will Anderson as a freshman. Even ask literally Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith as freshmen. it's possible but the other thing here too is that what we need to notice in this regard is that with Alabama having Caleb Downs who's the number one player in the state of Georgia commit is huge but also having Justice Haynes the number two player and then also having Dylan Lonegon the number four player in the state that is a big win but here's the other thing, too. Alabama used to struggle with getting hometown players. Well, it looks like they're not struggling right now. You get Jaleel Hurley from Florence, Alabama, number three player in the state. Tony Mitchell from Alabaster, number four player. You get Wilkin Formby, the number nine player. You get Hunter Osborne, the number 12 player. Yonze Pierre, the number 13 player in the state. You get Request McElderly, the number 22 player. So where Alabama had struggled in the past, they're making up for it. Now, I think in this, it's very crucial to know that right now, Alabama has 18 commits, and they're currently number two in the overall football rankings. Obviously, if you've seen anything on Twitter, Alabama commits are trying to get one of the Notre Dame commits to flip. It could happen. It could happen. That's the crazy thing, though, too. But it's early. Now, here's the thing, too. Alabama has four five-star recruits. They're currently at the top in that regard because no one else has four. And that's what's so crazy is that Alabama has four five-star recruits. You want to know how many many Georgia has? They have two. Now, in this, can Georgia still compete? I want to say yes. I think they can still compete. But like I had said before, this year, the SEC East is going to be very competitive. It's going to be a bigger focus on other teams. You know, South Carolina is going to be competitive. Florida is going to be competitive. And obviously, there was some mention of Tennessee too. The SEC East isn't going to be super easy. But what about the SEC West? Obviously, as an Alabama fan and as a graduate of the University of Alabama, I want the SEC West to be easy. But I also know that you shouldn't always think that things are going to be easier than they actually are. Obviously, Alabama got upset by Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher still is acting like a baby because he doesn't know any better. But I think with this, the SEC is still going to be competitive. Now, the other thing that needs to be discussed, too, is that with these players, NIL becomes a big deal. Obviously, we discussed the importance of NIL in our previous episodes. Now, what can NIL mean in regards to doing marketing, whether you're in Tuscaloosa or Athens? Well, obviously they're both, you know, pretty small towns. But which of them is bigger to a more well known city? Well, that's actually the thing. It's Pig Your Poison. Birmingham is relatively known, but Atlanta is considered the capital of the South. Also, it's one of the small market capitals too. So we talk about that a lot on this podcast. But it also comes down to marketing. Players are going to find any way to help out and support their cause. So Not only are you recruiting your players on the opportunity to play, but you're recruiting them on NIL. Now, who's the better recruiter on that? I'll let you decide. But at the end of the day, right now, Nick Saban has gone in and taken four players from the state of Georgia to commit to Alabama. And right now, he's not done yet. Because Nick Saban, and even if he hasn't said it, he's out for vengeance. He wants to show that he can move on and do better things in this year under Bryce Young as his quarterback and Will Anderson as the leader of that defense. Also on the other note, in regards to Alabama, if you have not seen the team photo for the Alabama football team and you zoom in, it's really funny to see how Bryce Young is smiling, very excited, and Will Anderson looks like he's ready to destroy someone. So if that isn't a accurate depiction of what this year is to come, then be prepared. Also, I'm super excited because football season is coming up and it has been way too long and I want to see the SEC dominant again. And I also want Will Anderson to potentially be the first sole defensive player to win the Heisman. All exciting stuff. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, I'm so thankful for all your support, all your love. All of the excitement—it's been great as always. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon. Jake Small Market Sports. Taking you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Jake's Podcast or my personal one, Jake Still Fourteen. Once again, this is sponsored by Anchor and Variety Sports Network. You can find Variety Sports on Twitter and Instagram at Variety underscore Sports underscore. You can also find it on our website jakesouthsportstake.com and you can also find it on varietiesports.com I'll also include that in the comments and in the link and I'm very excited for this next growth opportunity it's going to be wonderful and the next upcoming episode is actually going to continue to focus on some professional teams we're going to dive into the NFC South and see if there are any storylines going on we'll still be doing our consistent episodes on Tuesday and Friday, but we'll also slowly start hosting some more on varietysports.com. So I'm super excited. Give us a like, drop a follow, subscribe, anything. As always, it's appreciated. And as always, continue to be the best version of you you can be. Love each other, bring excitement, make memories, make adventures. And as always, I will see and hear from y'all later. Take care.